0: Unite as the Body, fivefold. Be prepared. Part two by Apostle Jacqueline Fedor. Across the earth are men and women called to the fivefold ministry, God's government, that have little or no knowledge of what God requires of them. They want to serve, want to be pleasing in His sight, but for many potentially useful people, This is but an empty call without real recognition of their place in the body. Yet the Lord says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, and He Himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Why? What is their assignment? To begin with, the fivefold offices form a spiritual umbrella to shield God's kingdom work and his family universally. Unfortunately, Satan infiltrates the work of God's people and will continue to do so if that work does not submit to the covering God set in place. It is the devil's intent to hold man captive, and he is successful in many areas of life without God's shield. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 28 gives us their order in the church, or at least the order in God's church. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 28 And God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers. After that, miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, variety of tongues. We all understand the works of a teacher, but did you know God oversees, fathers his people, or you could say, he is the steersman leader, through the Apostles? In fact, the Greek word used to describe the Apostolic is kubernasis, a term borrowed from and used to designate the steersman or pilot that holds the ship on course. Or do they know the fiery light of God shines through the prophetic to expose sin and cracks in an individual's life that they may mature and grow from rebirth into a new species of man? It is through his prophets that he prophesies his desires, warnings, and direction it is to these fivefold offices that revelation knowledge is released from God's revealers, so they can in turn give direction to His people, they can be victorious overcomers, and successfully establish His kingdom. This God appointed covering was foreshadowed by the robe of God. God's government must also be made from one thread. With no seam of division, it is a part of the robe of authority, His. John chapter 19 verse 23 Then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, took His garments and made four parts, to each soldier a part, and also the tunic. Now the tunic was without seam, woven from the top in one piece. Leadership is not greater than the people, but God's authority over the powers and principalities, and in fact over all evil, operates in them. When you look at the authority invested in these priestly offices, you see the physical image of the robe that covers the body of Christ. The robe, dipped in the blood of the Lamb, made perfect through His blood, is offered for our protection. Revelation chapter 19, verses 11 through 13. Now I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. This robe will cover us from the evil ones and safeguard us in the day of God's wrath. The robe clothes his bride until the day of redemption and glorification. Revelation chapter 19 Verses 15 and 16. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations, and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. If God's people choose to submit to this covering and truly desire the robe to be wrapped around them, then they must seek those operating in these offices and waking in His authority. The responsibility delegated to the fivefold must be taken seriously by God's people and the government itself if restoration and renewal of all creation is to take place. We're not playing church people. The race is on between God and His body and Satan and his, as I said in the previous blast. The government, the fivefold ministers, must come front and centre and unite to get the job done. God's knowledge must replace in the minds of man the evil thinking, tainted knowledge false doctrine and lies that have been fed to humanity throughout the ages from the time Eve chose it over the Lord's. The new earth, God's kingdom, must be established on truth, or the word, in harmony and in order with the universal law. This is the job of the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher called to the office, to re educate man, the fivefold is the fist of God to crush the world, its systems, and master, and his right hand to rebuild the kingdom of God and restore creation. So, seeing their importance, let us first study the ministry of the apostle. The apostle, as the foundation builder, to a degree can walk in any of the offices. Maybe not with quite the same anointing and authority as a person holding a particular office, but nevertheless enough to do about anything the Lord needs done if the other offices are not available. This is why they are called a foundation layer. They, along with the prophets, can establish a new work and do the job until God brings in the rest of the team. With this appendage in place, the hand of God can make a fist and power against the rulers of darkness is released to restore, renew, establish, and regain dominion over this planet. Without the restoration of the office of apostle, or any one of the offices for that matter, the government of God is incomplete and fragmented. The number 12 is symbolic of government in the Bible, and we see that the first apostles were that exact number. They were even known as the 12 by the people of their day. These gallant people were martyred and sown to the ground, so that a latter end-time harvest of apostles could come forth even more fruitful and lay the foundation of the new earth based on the spiritual law found at John, chapter 12, verse 24. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. What are these end-time apostles like? Well, for one thing, as stated before, like their predecessors, the anointing that is on their lives can restore an old house of God or build a new one. The apostle is one of God's greatest weapons against religion and tradition and in fact all carnality. They insist on holiness and separation for the true church. So along with the prophets they do not mind a bit ripping up and pulling out the dross and mold that has tainted God's people for so long. They will defend truth and spiritual law and not be afraid of religious leaders with big followings, money or power that come against them. Apostles, along with the prophets, had the gifting to understand the rhema word and so are instrumental in restoring truth which has been lost or forgotten as the church went through the dark ages and they will do so at all costs. They are quite unafraid to attack false doctrines and criticize man's tradition. Where traveling ministers in the past, for the most part, have been afraid to speak a truth that may offend the people, the latter-day apostle, like the early church, will tell it like it is, regardless of the consequences. This is the nature of God, operating through the apostolic and prophetic people. The softness of the Lamb is evident to love and care for the flock of God, but the aggression and boldness of the Lion opposes the enemy. Apostles are aware and understand that the spirits that are operating through the complacent and lukewarm church today are no different from the spirits of the old church. These spirits cause people to have eyes but not see, and ears that don't hear. There is a spiritual dullness. Then there are those who are so caught up in worldliness that they have no interest in the things of God at all. But you see, judgment cannot come to even those that have no love for truth without them first being given the opportunity to accept it or reject it. In other words, The apostles put the truth out there for all, but do not expect everyone to eagerly hear or accept it. Some that they minister the word to will turn out to be whitewashed graves, a brood of vipers, ones that cannot hear God's words through their message, just like Jesus said many of those in the early church were. He also said many years ago that this kind are not his sheep. So the word is given to these for judgment only. But it must be given to appease the scripture in Matthew chapter 24, verse 14. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world, to all the nations, and then the end will come. So, along with God's prophets, the apostles' message is one of life eternal or destruction to those they preach to. The two-edged sword is in their mouth as the truth cuts you off or brings you healing. Like Apostle Paul said at 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 4, But as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God who tests our hearts, They are compelled to speak truth, the full gospel to mankind. This is the mark of God's true sent ones. He has never sent false doctrine or watered down truth to his people through his messengers. The early apostles were severely threatened and told not to speak in the name of Jesus or teach any doctrine that was contrary to the religion and tradition of the day. But let's look at their response in Acts. Chapter 5, verse 29. But Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than man. It is with this same tenacity that truth is spoken through the apostles today. Apostles Peter and John, at another incident where the religious leaders had forbidden them to speak, told those that opposed them whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. Jesus spoke only truth. He never deluded it. And his message was considered hard by those who liked their life the way it was and didn't favor change. John, chapter 6, verses 65 through 66. And he said, Therefore, I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by my Father. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. So the approach of speaking straight, unwatered down truth is not new with God, only man. Let's look way back in history to Ezekiel's time. Ezekiel. Chapter 3, verses 4, verse 7, and verse 11. And he said to me, Son of man, go to the house of Israel and speak with my words to them. But the house of Israel would not listen to you, because they will not listen to me. For all the house of Israel are impudent and hard-hearted. And go, get to the captives, to the children of your people, and speak to them and tell them. Thus says the Lord God, whether they hear or whether they refuse. Even the wicked must be offered an opportunity to change. The mature apostle is also a champion of faith. If the Bible tells them a thing can be done, they believe it and act upon it. The promises of God made to Abraham and his seed are real to the apostle and are expected to happen because it is God who made these promises. The law of faith works mightily through them, be it as you believe. Their father said so, and that's good enough for them. They also have the anointing to unite the body of Christ and walk as God's commanders and chiefs, uniting God's armies and teaching them to trust and follow God. They wield a spiritual God-given authority to bring freedom to the flock through the ministry of Isaiah 61, thus helping the church to experience the Feast of Atonement, Jubilee, and victory over the powers and principalities, the rulers of darkness, and evil spirits that have been holding them captive. In fact, the ministry of the Apostle will have a large part in preparing the Church to experience the final feasts of and Simchat Torah. God will soon be receiving a bride without spot or wrinkle and separated from the world because of the uncompromising nature of those called to the apostolic office. If you look up the word Apostle in the Strong's Concordance, you will see it is numbered 652 in the Greek. You will get an even better picture of the nature and ability of the Apostles. They are a delegate or ambassador officially commissioned by Christ with miraculous powers. It goes to 649, meaning to be sent out, or send forth to five hundred seventy five meaning they are separated, they bring completion and reversal by the cessation of sin and hypocrisy. It goes to forty seven twenty four, meaning to repress or abstain from associating with, to avoid and withdraw self. To twenty four seventy six meaning to stand, abide, appoint, bring, or continue covenant. It is compared to 5087, meaning to place in a passive or horizontal position. In other words, those called to be apostles, like the other offices, must die to themselves, enter into God's rest, to fulfill His plans for the end. They must be separate, set aside, able to stand adversity in all situations without being discouraged in order to keep the flock of God together when under trial. It goes on to describe utterly prostrate in position. These, as just stated, must die to their desires, their lifestyle, their opinions, their agendas, and do things God's way. They have to lay aside their need for fame and recognition, their egos to be padded or to have large numbers of followers. They must be content to have their works destroyed so He can perform His works through them, bringing glory to His name only. Swallowing their ego is the hardest one for the apostolic to accomplish. They are among the first to start a work, but those that are brought in to help many times get the credit, at least by man. If notoriety is important to one that is called to the office of apostle, they will probably never be chosen to fulfill the office. Besides, it is really Christ in us, not anything we do. It is he that fulfills his predestined plans for this earth through his government. Where will you find the apostles today? You will find them laying the foundation of the church triumphant, the church of the firstborn, or you could say, the church of Abraham's seed, the new species, the remnant. You will find them establishing business for God's kingdom based on godly principles and spiritual law, helping to build a whole new society built on God's standards, not the world. Behind the scenes, you will find them praying and covering God's flock, battling the powers of darkness that would interfere, attempt to stop the advancement of God's kingdom, and cause His people to ignore His law. In closing, With the restoration of the apostolic and the prophetic through his new species, there can be no stopping the body of Christ. God, through these remnant apostles, is the cloud by day, to cover and protect, and through the prophetic, the fire by night, to lead the way to eternity. When those selected for these offices across the earth unite in vision, teach from God's knowledge, and walk according to His law. How can we lose? See Part 3 for the Restoration of the Prophets.